What can Push Your Luck Games teach us about the spiritual life? On today's episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersection of board games, spirituality, and religion. My name is Daniel Hilty. I have the honor of being one of the co-hosts of this episode, along with Kevin Taylor. And we are so glad to welcome you to this Hello, episode. Hello, everyone. Ah, it is great to get to spend a few moments with you out of your day. Thank you for for joining us. If you have uh, listened to our podcast before, first of all, thank you so much for tuning yes, in again. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, but also, you may be aware uh, that we like to begin each episode uh, with a game. This is a podcast about games and faith, and those games take different uh, forms. Well, today... Well, yeah, I know. Today. Do you want to, do you want to, <laughs> today it's about push today, your luck games. Yes. And today I torture Daniel. Yeah. So, so Kevin has the game section all about an example of a push your luck game. And if you don't know what a push your luck game is, we'll define it later on in the episode. But first we're just going to see an example of it in action. So Kevin, I'll in action. just turn it over to you. Okay, Daniel, our game. This is a trivia game with mm. some push your luck elements. The questions mm. will be either about Star Wars or the Weird Al Yankovic song, Albuquerque. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that not one? Well, it's not going to. You know it, don't you? I don't. You don't know <laughs> no, But that'll make it all the better. Let's go for it. Let's well, you go need for to, it. You need to uh, study up, my friend, because I think you're going to see him this weekend. Yeah, it's all and good. I believe that's going to. Yes. Well, it'll be fun anyway. So in good. this game, your goal is to reach 65 points. Okay. And I will give you 10 questions. Okay. If you get the question right, you get five points. Now, if you want to push that luck, you can roll a D10. Or I guess not. Well, it could be luck because you guessed. But if you get the answer right, you can roll a D10. And depending on the outcome, so one to two, you're going to lose five points. Mm. If you roll a three to five, you will double your points. Mm. And a six to ten gives you nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, if you get it wrong, you can also push it with the similar result that if you roll a one to two, you'll lose points. If you don't roll, you get no points. But you do have the opportunity if you roll a three to eight on a D10, which is a ten-sided die, then you can get five points despite getting it wrong. If I get a three to eight, yes. All right. So I do want well, to show depending on what you get, whether you get it right or wrong. I'll, I'll go over this again. I'm just giving you a broad outline. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All I right. don't expect you to remember all that. So okay, just okay. just giving you an outline that you can answer everything. Right. If you got all the questions right, you can get fifty points. Okay. But right. But you're not going to win because it's sixty five to, to win. Sixty five. So you, I'm making you push your luck a little. You can get some points even if you're wrong, but you can um, you can double your points if you go for it. And there's a bonus question when you double it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Kevin, I need to let you know, because I know nothing about Albuquerque. <laughs> Either the city or the song, I'm afraid. That's nothing against our Albuquerque listeners. Well, you know, so, that's what happens when you go on game shows. I know, um, I know. Okay, all right. So all right. I will give you multiple choice. Okay, is, is it a parody of a particular song? No, it is a Weird Al original. Okay. But I think I, it's sort of a maybe a Frank Zappa type song. It's like 15 minutes long. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my. Yeah, I need to let you know in all transparency, 
I was trying to quickly scroll through the lyrics to get familiar with it, and it, the lyrics go on forever. So this will just be fun. Let's just do it. I'm not going to look at the lyrics anymore. All right, we're good. If you lose the game, lightning yes. bolts shoot out from your computer, and you will die. It's better than not I deserve. To... <laughs> I don't because... want to make you nervous or anything. It's a very low-stakes game. I, I, you know, if I don't know about Weird Al Yankovic's Albuquerque... <laughs> That's your fault. I don't deserve to win this game. If you don't know how the sixth sense ends at this point, like if you don't know how these things work out, that's your fault. You should have seen it. You should have, should have done better. Okay. Question number one. Yes. Where was Yoda's home in his final years? In his final years, Yoda's home was the planet of Dagobah. That's kind of cool. All right. Well awesome. done. Now, Would I, you like to, sir? Yes, that's what I'm asking about. So what are the D10 options again here? You've gotten this one correct. You can leave it as is. You can roll a D- D10, and if you get 6 to 10, nothing happens. So that's half your chances is yeah, yeah. nothing bad. 1 to 2, you'll get a negative 5 points. Okay. But okay. you can save with the save question. 3 to 5, you will double your points. What would you okay. like to do? Statistically, it seems like it might be a little bit of my favorite to try it. So I'm going to try it. I, I got my D10 app right here. Okay. I'm going okay. to roll it. Here we go. Daniel's not enough of a nerd to own a D10 die. Three. A three. You have doubled your points. Woo-hoo! Well done. Ten Thank you so points. much. Excellent. Excellent. Question number two. Yes. Who built C3PO? Oh. I believe that was young Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) Well done, my friend. Would you like to push that? Yes, I would. I would. I would. Okay. Same rules. Here we go. I'm I'm rolling the die. Oh, a two. I lose five points. A two, but I'm going to give you a save. There is a potential for a save to avoid this. Okay. Okay. Here is your save question. Okay. Who won the Brighton Volleyball Championship in 1984? Oh, I'm pretty sure that was um, um, uh, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. It was Jeff. I think you just went by his am, first name. I am afraid that is wrong. So that is going to take you back to five points. But well tried. Well that tried, sir. Better than I deserve. All right, here we go. I'm, I'm loving just it. Just a little side note. All of the save questions are completely unanswerable and ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> just, I don't know. Just I'll be sure to use them again team. then. Okay, okay. All right, sounds good. There's a Monty Python skit similar to this that I will oh. put in the show notes. Okay. And they, ask, and they ask like Karl Marx a trivia question about economics, and they ask him a random sports question. Of course, Karl Marx can't answer it. Okay, so that's okay. what I'm going to do. It. I love it. That's because if go you for explain it. the joke, it's even funnier. Yeah, I'm going to go for it every time. Excellent, excellent. Okay, in Weird Al's song Albuquerque, Al took his lucky, lucky autographed glow in the dark what to Albuquerque with him. Was it his lucky, lucky autographed glow-in-the-dark baseball, beach ball, snorkel, or velvet pants? Um, 
beach ball. No, no. They laugh was... at me. They mock me. Oh my goodness. I don't have a boo button here. That's fine. I, need to get well, I still have button. the I still have the clown horn. If you there if you, you go. Need it, okay, now okay. would you like to uh, push that in an attempt to save? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Because actually, okay. if you get it wrong, it's just no points awarded. But you're okay. gonna, we're gonna what's push a save? It. Okay. What's the, what's the number the for save? Save. If you get a one to two, you'll lose five points. With a follow up question, three to eight, you can still get five points. A nine to ten is nothing. Null. Okay, here we go. Seven. A seven. You get five points. Excellent. Nice. Yay. Thank you. Luck. Whoa, all these sound effects are amazing. Yeah, I've just got a few here. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Cute. Yeah, you're jealous, aren't you? I am, I am. In Weird Al's song, Albuquerque. What does the air in the city of Albuquerque smell like? Does it smell like coffee, french fries, bug spray, or warm root beer? Um, French fries. No, no. No. I'm sorry, Weird Al. uh, It is warm root beer. So, would you like to attempt to save? Sure. Roll her up. All righty. Here we go. Uh, Six. A six is another five points. Yay. 15 points. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well you. Well done. Well done. I love... Can we have the sound effects just following us around? I can yes. put that on my phone. Every hero needs a, 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 <laughs> a band behind you. Good. Yes, that's four questions, I believe. Correct? Okay. Six to go, and we are at 15 points, so that's pretty good. All right. Quarter of the way there. Let's see here. Let's get you a juicy one. Who killed Jabba the Hutt from Star Wars? Oh, I believe that was um, – by the way, thanks for thanks for making all these Star Wars questions. You know what I found, actually? This... I'm not using it because it's pretty hard. I had this as a kid. The Jedi Master Quiz Book. Yes, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, they're all they're, they're all like old Star Wars questions. So thank you. Yes. I'm afraid I would know. And here's less the kid about... that I don't know where he is now, but there's oh. resting. Or is it? Yeah, it's rotating. Nice. So anyway, I'm not stalling because I believe the person who killed Jabba the Hutt is Princess Leia. Or yeah. Yes, I'm going to give her full name, but yes, that's good, 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 good. Thank you. Yes, okay, I'll give you two bonus points if you can name the full name. <sighs> See, I'm not sure, but I think it's Leia Organa. Yes, well Yay. done. Yay! All right, okay, thank you. So thank you. Now that would put you. Well, you get the two bonus points, so now you're at 17. I'm going to roll and my die. Would you like to push it? Yep. Here we go. Okay. Ten. Oh, nothing. 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 That's okay. Nothing. That's okay. So that's good. That's all good. right. Good. Excellent. Good. Good. Excellent. Bring it. Okay. Excellent. Question number Cinco de Mayo. Padme was queen of what? Or is this number six? Number six? Sure. I think Padme was queen of... This would be quite... Yeah, that was five questions. Okay, okay, yes, right, this right. number six question. Yes. Padme I... was queen of what? Okay, we're getting a little bit into the, uh, into the prequels. I think it's Naboo. 
Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Which also features in a Weird Al song. Okay, would you like to push this? Here, yes, here I go. Here I go. Four. A four. A four on a push is a negative five points. So it's going to negate your points. Although I will give you a follow-up question. Okay, okay. Who is the tall, furry, fur-covered person in Star Wars? What? Who is the tall, furry person in Star Wars? I, I mean, I can only I can only think of Chewbacca. The Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you didn't say that. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was I was actually going for Mala, Chewbacca's wife. So uh, we okay, are okay. at seventeen points. Okay, number seven. All right, that's fair. The point of the song Albuquerque is that Al really hates what? Spinach, Brussels sprouts, lima beans, or sauerkraut? Um, okay, I'm going to be completely honest. In my very, very brief moments of looking through the lyrics before this quiz began, but after you told me it was about Albuquerque, I remember seeing the word sauerkraut. So I'm going to say sauerkraut. Full disclosure? Yeah. That's the right answer. Sauerkraut it is. Also, I'm, like not sure I can, I'm not sure I can... Tr- I mean, who doesn't like sauerkraut? Sauerkraut. I know, it is good. It's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, mm, uh, no, no. Push your luck has not been on my side. I'm going gonna, I'm okay. gonna to forego this one again, too. 28 points. Two questions left. Uh, it doesn't look good. What did Al and Zelda name their children? In the song Albuquerque, Nathaniel and Al Jr., Marty and Nathaniel, Al Jr. and Superfly, Nathaniel and Superfly. Uh, Nathaniel and Superfly. Yes. Whoa. Even. And you're not taking. Twice a day, a broken clock is right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you're not taking a. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. Okay. Okay, here we go. Nine. A nine. Nothing happens. Okay. Nothing. Okay. I'll take nothing. So that puts you at 33. I got 33 points there. Okay. Let's make it a little interesting here. I'm going to triple the points on these last two. Okay. Nice. Okay. okay. What is Kylo Ren's birth name? Oh, my goodness. This has to do with his... Lineage, yeah. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm guessing here, but is it, is it Kylo Solo? Uh, you are half right. Ben Solo was the correct. Ben answer. Solo, that's so right. It was Ben half Solo, right. and I said I was gonna. How many points did I say? Double. It was me doubled. So doubled. But I, okay. I think I, should, I know. So I you get, get five points for that. We're at. 38. Of course it's Ben Solo. Kylo Solo doesn't make any sense. Okay. Thank Kylo you. sang Solo that they couldn't hear him. Yeah, right. Okay, right. you want to double it? Double? Sure. I've got, I've got to go out here. Okay, here we go. Uh, nine. No, six. Nine. Six, no. six. Six, six, six. Sorry. 
uh, you know, that is a double. I'm going to take that as a double. Yay! So that hey. means it would have been 10 points, so that's 20. You are at 58. <gasps> oh, this could do it. Oh, my gosh. This could do it. This could do it. I'm so excited. I got to turn on this AC over here. I'm sweating. Yeah, I, mean, I got I to do a clown. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> okay, great, great. All right. It all comes, uh, it all comes down to this. Hmm, interesting. What color was Yoda's lightsaber? Now, he had a plaid one originally, but that's, that's was deep the, catalog. It was, it was plaid. Yeah. It's very yeah. interesting. The but fans rejected that. That was Yes, yes. Um, All the Scottish fans felt right. sort of inappropriate. Okay, okay. I think I think I may have it. It's not a surprising color. I'll give you the, that. Hint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm thinking it's green. Survey says, "Yay!" Putting you at sixty-three. Oh my god. So I, I got okay, I fudged the rules here a little yeah. because, of course, I made this up and I didn't test it. So I didn't because who has time for that? I didn't know it was going to work out. But I have to say I'm pretty pleased that you are now two points from winning. This is a well-balanced game. It's like you had hundreds of playtesters. And it actually was just a little fudging and some luck. <laughs> okay. Just how I play all my games. And yeah, I don't yeah. know why I lose. <laughs> no, I always win. <laughs> Get the <big> fudge <laughs> So I need to, I need to push my luck to try to win this game, right? Correct. Otherwise, okay. you die. No pressure. All right, here we go. Here we go. What am I going for on my on my on my dice on my ten sided dice die? You're hoping for a three to five, so three, okay. four, five. That you have a one in three chance. Oh, a oh seven. that is a nothing. Oh, oh, so close, so close. But you do get second. That's great. I will gladly out take of one second person. To Yay! Well Yay. done. <laughs> Thank and you so much. Uh, thank you for that experience, and I think the only thing we can do, given your achievement, is clap, clap us on. In. <laughs> thank you. So, um, we are, as I, as this game illustrated so well, talking about push your luck games on this mm-hmm. episode and what spiritual lessons they can teach us, what they can teach us about a life of faith or a religious life or life in general. But before we get to any of that, Kevin, it is time for the board game faith mailbag. Board game faith mailbag. Russell, Woo-hoo! Russell, Russell, Russell. Russell, Russell. Because uh, we're pulling the- We're pulling paper out of a bag. There it is. There it is. Um, we have a uh, an wonderful comment, a wonderful comment uh, from episode 10. This is two episodes ago, but those of you who listened to episode 10, you know already that episode 10 asked the question, is life a game? Is life nothing but a big grand game? And on our Discord channel, no, actually on Instagram, we received a comment about that episode. Uh, this is from our good friend, Ali Karar, uh, who was... Uh, a previous guest on the show talking about board games in Islam. You can find Ali Karar um, under the um, the moniker Karar2K or the yes. handle. What's He's, the hip way of saying that? Yeah. Well, handle the, might be a little dated. Okay. I don't know what they call it. 
Anyway, that's his. That's his. Uh, yeah. Which, wagon. by the side note, uh, I've watched one of his YouTube videos the other day. His shelf of shame. It was. It was. Uh, he's such a great guy. I, I love to watch him. And it was funny because he, he at times could not find the game he was talking about, and then he fast forwarded it. And made me laugh. It was like, <laughs> like where did I put that game? He would do the. Yeah, it was great. His so. videos are great. Yeah, if you haven't checked them out, um, Karar Two K K A R A R Two K on YouTube. And on Instagram, and just really a wonderful thing. So this is what the he says. The number two. The number two. Right, right. Number two. Yeah, thank you. This is what he says about our question for episode ten: Is life a game? Um, and um, so these are his response. Uh, Ali, uh, Ali says the present life. Um, oh, so for, he begins by quoting the Quran. This is the Quran, uh, twenty nine sixty four. The present life is nothing but game and amusement. The true life is in the abode of the hereafter, if only they knew. So first of all, I mean, how awesome is that? That the Quran actually says life is a game, right? Um, And then he goes on to say, that is the Islamic point of view, but although not in the same sense. The concept of Islam is that this life is a game in three senses. That is, number one, it is futile and real life is in hereafter and thus we should strive toward it. Number two, it is meant to be a game where you have to score as high as possible because how you perform here decides how you end up in hereafter. And number three, Islam is against the idea of hashtag YOLO, or that stands for you only live once. That is, even though we literally live once, but that one life, that one game really matters. So make it count toward good stuff and not stupid stuff. Just like every turn in a Euro game must count for something. Same should be our lives. It must count for something better with every move. Mm. So those are all these comments. He gave us three really deep senses of the Quran is not saying to do silly things or to gamble. That's not what it means by life being a game. It means more of its preparation and it's being thoughtful about the future and the hereafter. And yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I really love that. I mean, just, that's just, I mean, the fact that there's a verse in the Quran that just says life is a game. How did we not have that in that in that episode, Kevin? That's so yeah. yeah. Well, I'm we so didn't grateful know it, for so. Ali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Ali, yeah, I thank find you. it so it's and it's interesting. My my, I don't know the Quran that well. I I need to spend some more time with it. But it has that speaking to people. It, it has such a different feel than the the, the Christian Bible that has that narrative and Christian Bible is such a different well it's not mm-hmm. all narrative but there's like narrative and there's poetry like the the Bible is such a different mashup of genres mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it rarely yeah. it doesn't really address the reader and the Quran right. has that feel it has a very different feel addressed to the to the person hearing it reading it yes yeah that's that's so fascinating you're right Whereas I don't know if the Christian Bible ever quite it's always addressing a third person, isn't it? Does it ever say you? I mean, yeah. it says you, but it's usually because a prophet is talking to Israel, right? Or Paul right, is talking right, to the right. Corinthians. Yeah, yeah. God, that's really interesting. Like that it's, is a, it's, it's second person versus third person type. Yeah, yeah. Writing. Yeah, that's so cool. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, that's cool. Thank you. I love it. Um, yeah, no, this is such that's such a helpful contribution to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Ali, thank you so much. We are grateful for you, and thanks for being such a great friend of this podcast. Um, That's right. We appreciate you very much. So, 
uh, we're going to move on to our main topic, which is what can push your luck games teach us about the life of faith or the spiritual life? And um, Kevin, you and I were talking a little bit beforehand, uh, before we're starting to record this episode, about how one of the things we're so grateful for from our wonderful listeners is that listeners to this podcast include um, you know, folks who are really into hobby board games and, you know, really familiar with the terminology, but then also a lot of amazing, wonderful people listen to this podcast who aren't as familiar with mm-hmm. um, kind of the hobby board game world. And, and you all are awesome, too. We're so grateful you're here. And so it may be helpful to define some terms. Um, so in, in case that term push, push your luck game, it seems a little bit nebulous. We just thought we'd talk a little bit first about what that means um, and to maybe get us a little thumbnail definition of that. I went to a website, boardgamegeek.com, which is kind of the, uh, I think arguably the definitive website on board games. Um, yep, and it is. yeah, and, and they define push your luck games as this games in which players must decide between settling for existing gains or risking them all for further rewards in a game with some amount of output randomness or luck. So you, you have Read to decide. Read it again. Do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You decide between settling for existing gains. Correct. Or risking them all for further reward. Right. Which is what we saw in the game that you, that you so well put together, Kevin. I mean, do I hold uh, on to my points mm-hmm. or do I risk increasing my points or losing my points if I take that risk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not very familiar, I'm afraid, with kind of a lot of Vegas games, but I imagine kind of a lot of Vegas games are probably like that, right? I, I actually meant to look that up ahead of time, but casino games, maybe games where you, you push your luck. You know, do you hold on to what you've won so far, or do you risk it all in the yes. potential possibility yes. of getting even more, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and Blackjack has a – we use that phrase a lot now, to double down, and that's mm. a technical move in Blackjack where – Based on the certain cards, you can double your bet. Okay. But okay. you're going to lose that. So it's a way to, it's actually amplifying what you're playing. Okay. And of course, right. you can play right. that without actual money. So just the sure. idea of blackjack where you're, but it, it lets you uh, add on to your, what you, ex, your hopefully the outcome. Right. With the possibility down. you might lose it all too. Yes. You'll lose yeah. your, yeah, you'll lose more, but you'll win more. But it only happens at certain times, and it's actually, it's actually a smart bet because it is uh, statistically you have a better chance of winning. Right, right, and that'll get into one of our life lessons too, or faith lessons mm-hmm. from yeah. And Kevin, I got to say, in thinking about this episode, I have realized that push your luck games, I think, are some of my favorite games. I I really? love yeah, I love this mechanism. Um, I think Why is it that? well. And I'd be interested to hear what you think of them too. Um, I think it's because, and this is going to get into some of the, one of the lessons that you'll be talking about, but you know, I, I think rightly or wrongly, I tend to be kind of a pretty play it safe sort of person in life uh-huh. and push your luck games. Let me, let's give me the chance to be reckless. You know, it's like to say, ah, I'm just going to throw it all to the wind and, you know, and because, you know, I, I know even if I lose it all, I'm not going to really lose it all. You know, it doesn't really matter. And and it it gives me this 
this feeling of recklessness that I don't necessarily oh. get in the rest of life, you know? I, yeah. Um, I, that's something I, that has struck me about games is how you really get to explore things safely within yourself or your mm-hmm. psyche. Like that's something that continues to haunt me. Yes. So, yeah. yes. Whether it, it's D&D, like you get to be an elf or wield magic or you um, – yeah, or whether you just get to be reckless yeah, yeah. Or or in Monopoly, you get to be a sort of scumbag um, a, a, a real estate tycoon. Not that all real <laughs> estate people are, but I mean, in that game, it is kind of adversarial, like you're going to strike. And as long as everyone's okay with it and it's just a game, then you just right. go with it. Because ultimately, right. if you right. lose, who cares? Right, right. Which is right. another spiritual lesson. Can you just lose the game and walk away? Yeah, yeah. And that's I hard. Think- you know, and some examples, I think I first learned to love these games. I was growing up with my parents. I was growing up. I didn't grow up with my parents. They were adults by the time I was growing up. But um, when I was growing you know, up. I don't know how old I am because I was really young back then. So I don't really know when I was born. Yeah. I, um, I would play, it, it goes by two names, but Zilch and Farkle. With uh-huh. my parents, it was a dice game, and it was the same uh-huh. thing where you had this cup of dice, and you okay. and you shake them up, and then you slam them down on the on the table, and you know, and you could you could increase, but you could also blow it at any moment. You know, you, how far were you going to push it? Um, and then, since I've gotten into hobby board gaming, a lot of my favorite games are still in that that category. Some of the contemporary hobby board games that I think of, though all of these are a little bit old now, are um, Port Royal by Alexander Pfister. Don't awesome! Know it, don't have it. Is I it? love. I love. It's a I great don't think I have any card game. Games. Well, and then the second one is another Alexander Fister game. Oh my goods! Um, fantastic. It's a silly name, but it's a great. It is a great game, a push your luck game. Um, and then Quacks of Quedlinburg is a huge, very popular push your luck game. But it's the same principle where you know, all of these games give you the chance to stop and play it safe with what you got. Or take a risk and maybe do something amazing, but also maybe lose it all. Right. So how about you? What do you think about Push Your Luck games? And yeah, You know, I have to say I'm not – the only one I have played is Clank. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's a bit of where you push your luck, but you're having to also think about – because in that game, you, you're trying to get treasure before the dragon wakes up. And it modif- Have you played Clank? Yeah, yeah, I've got it. I've okay, got so it. you're yeah. familiar with it and yeah. for the audience of um, – it, it you're modifying the bag of what you the chances of whether the dragon is going to attack. So part yeah. of it is push your luck, but part of it is how much are the others pushing their luck? Yeah, right. Because right. You, you want to if you want to win, you've got to push your luck in relation to how much your opponents are pushing their luck. You know, it, I don't know. It, it's it's not my favorite thing. I mean, okay. It's fine, yeah. but um, and I are can you see to- what I can see what you're saying, but I guess it. I like luck in a game, but I, I guess I it kind of sucks to not get there. Yeah, I can see why. So it's the sort disappointment of, of not lose of when it doesn't work out that makes it not a favorite mechanism for you. Yeah. So in some games, like say Twilight Imperium, you roll dice and you may lose the battle, but you can still come back. But some of the push your luck, you're really was well, you saw in this one, like it's really right win or lose, and that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I have to yeah. say, I've not played the Fister games or some others that work it i guess i do like the idea of having a little bonus question reward that is kind of nice yeah and that's kind of mitigating a little bit it's a that is mitigating 
Yeah, against So maybe against my Lux. experience is not real broad with push your luck games. No, no, I, I, I am. Um... Besides, like, say, a Jeopardy type thing or, yeah. Right, right. So no, I, I, like I guess it. when I designed this, just coming up with this, the, the little game you did, it was like you would, you're never completely penalized, except that you may not gain points. Right. Well, and I did, I could lose, I could lose some, right? I lost five points if it, if I if rolled you missed the question, thing. you lost it, but you had a oh, chance to recoup. But I, okay, okay, but I it didn't, it. you know, you can even see, I guess, my thinking there, like you could double, but yeah, I guess you're right. No, because you, if you would have gotten it correct, then you would have lost five. So I guess it would have been a wash. I see. I don't I see. know. I, I don't see. know. I obviously didn't. I'm no it game was, No, it was, it, was, it was great. <laughs> I think you should put that game on the BGG, uh, on, on, a, on Board Game Geek. You can uh-huh. up Kevin's, Kevin's Star Wars Weird Al Yankovic trivia game. Push trivia your luck. Game. Trivia Push game. Push your luck. Roll a dice. Roll a dice. Beat 65. And, I think we should call it exactly die. that too. Yeah. No. Roll to die. Name. That's what I'm gonna call it. Roll to die. Roll to die. <laughs> By Kevin Taylor. <laughs> it's the name sounds fun, doesn't it? No, it does not <laughs> sound fun at all. Yes, it does. <laughs> I've sold one copy. <laughs> so it's okay. How about Kevin? If it's okay with you, we we jump into the meat of the episode and talk about. Yes, because number one actually from... connects to your – we've got five spiritual lessons here that we yeah. have come up with, and people may have others, and I mean they would have to because yeah. yeah. they're smarter than us. So, You're so way put those than us. in the comments um, and let us know. But the first one kind of links up to what you're saying about why you like Push Your Luck Games. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, but so the first uh, – so Kev, like, you, like Kevin said, we've got five, and Kevin and I are going to be going back and forth here. The first one, and we kind of worked on this collaboratively, um, lesson number lesson number one um, that I have uh, about uh, spiritual lessons that push your luck games is that taking risks can be good, or taking risks um, is good. Um, and again, as somebody who outside the game world probably plays it safer than I should – this is a valuable, important lesson that I, I'm, I'm trying to learn from games, right? That, that you know, if I just play it safe all the time and push your luck games, um, I, I miss out on a lot of potential reward. An example of this is, you know, my wife um, is uh, – I'm married to Kristen – and um, we like to play Quacks of Quedlinburg. And this is a push-your-luck game where you have to pull um, uh, tiles, um, little little discs out of a bag. And you can – if you draw too many bad things out of the bag, then, then you blow everything that you've won. And, you know, I always play it safe on that game. And I think that's going to – and Kristen doesn't. She, she pushes her luck more and she always wins it. Right, she always wins. Really, and, and she doesn't play it safe. Right, and you're still married. That's amazing. And, you know, and honestly, Kristen wins every game, which is fine, <laughs> which is great. Um, and so, I think it's it's a good lesson to me that taking risks is is good. And it reminds me of um, you know, there's this this awesome uh, passage parable uh, in the in the Christian Bible 
um, in Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus talks about, uh, you know, uh, this, this, uh, sorry, I'm shuffling my papers here. Uh, this, this person who kind of goes off on a journey who, um, who has a lot of wealth and a lot of property and, and entrusts, uh, wealth in varying amounts to uh, three different uh, uh, servants, right? And, um, and, and the first two uh, do things with the money that they're entrusted with, like invest them, do, does things with them. In other words, they take a risk, right? Because it could potentially, they could lose this. The third person is really nervous about losing it and doesn't want the, the, uh, the, the, the wealthy person to get angry at them. So they just, they just play it safe and they bury it in the lawn, right? Yes. Which you know is personally my investment strategy as well. So you don't want to. You don't want to. And how's up. that work out in the parable? It's right, and and so the person comes back and is really upset. Right, the wealthy the wealthy man in this case comes back and says, "Well, I'm so proud of the first of you first two for um, investing and, and and risking, and here you're going to get you're going to get multiple times what you did." Uh, but then he get but then he gets upset at the person who didn't take any risks, right? And ends with like saying, "Even what they have, take away from them." Yes, yeah, which is which, a push your luck thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, completely. Right, and so I think it's this idea that yeah. somehow God smiles t- to some extent. I don't know to what extent on taking risks. And that God, in some ways, it's an act of faithfulness. I'd say it even more, based on that parable, it's more than smiling. God wants us to take risks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we look at, I mean, that parable in particular. Yeah, yeah. Which you you want to put it in context and not just take one thing out of, right? But yeah, the the, the, the parable's a little chilling. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is is scary. And again, it reminds me back of the Quran, though, uh, what Mm -hmm. Ali was bringing up, that in a weird way, we are supposed to take risks. Yeah, yeah. That are smart and that pay back, not risks, as he says, of, uh, you know, doing something foolish or that are reckless yellow reckless yeah 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 i'm gonna drive without a seatbelt. like that's not what it means no that would be taking a risk right that's not a good risk it's almost like the sense that we've been entrusted with gifts for a reason right Mm -hmm. and and which is i mean you could define them in any number of ways one way to define them is we've been entrusted with gifts in life to to bless the bless others right to Mm -hmm. to 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 make life better somehow for the folks around us and that's the reason we have these gifts. And if we never take the chance of using them because we're afraid it won't work out, then they never get used for what we've been given them right. for in the first place. It reminds God, me that, God wants a prophet. Yeah, yeah. There's a quote by the German author Goethe that I, I should have looked up. I don't remember, but it's, it's something about this as well, where just there is grace just in the beginning you know, just, just in the beginning of, of something. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, whether you're, you're kind of afraid to do it, trying to decide whether to do it or not, that if you actually decide to do it, you will find there is grace in that. Like, it actually, mm-hmm. grace smiles on that decision mm-hmm. somehow. Um, well, that's the message of The Hobbit, right? That, as mm. you, for some reason, I'm remembering The Hobbit, that, that old Bilbo plays it safe and stays in his hobbit hole. And then the dwarves show up and wreck his kitchen. Mm-hmm. And Gant, he kind of gets pushed into going on this journey, yeah, and taking yeah. a risk, and it ends up, yeah, well, it ends up saving 
the world, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. even before that, it makes him a better person. Yeah, yeah. Because he was yeah. willing to go try to fight a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. I love the Hobbit uh, analogy. Yeah, that's good. Good. Thank you. So, so that's lesson number one. Good. Taking risk is good. Kevin, what about spiritual lesson number two? Number two. This is related to some earlier comments we made that it will help you understand yourself. So as as Daniel was saying, he's you're you're not typically a risk taker in life, and you see that in, in a way the game is a mirror and it's telling mm. you about yourself. And by observing yourself playing games, you can realize, gosh, I don't take risks. Or maybe I take bad risks. So how do I take the smart risk? Mm. How do I take mm. the smart bet? Yeah, yeah. And um, so push you games can help you understand. It, well, it, it helps you understand risk as well. And so, yeah, and, and this is actually leading into number three. But but as a, as a foreshadowing, number two, yeah, it helps you understand what kind of risk you're comfortable with. You, if you talk to a financial planner, ask me one of their questions. What kind yeah, of risk yeah. do you want? And right. and if you take no risks in investments, you won't make money. Like inflation, inflation's going to hurt you. Right, it takes some risk, but how much risk? Where would you say, if you don't mind me asking, where would you say you fall on the on the the spectrum on, of risk? Are you are you more toward the risk side or the play it safe side? Or I think I wobble. Yeah. I think I'm better at taking risks because I've, I've realized now that the fear of failure can be a little crippling. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know how some people will say, oh, I can't speed when I drive because I'll get a ticket? Mm-hmm. I used to be that person. And I realized, no, it's it, it's not that – it's not that – when I speak, it's not that I'm on a list that will magically get me punished. Mm. It's just I'm afraid of getting a ticket. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's kind of similar to our last episode about the freedom to fail. Like if you get a speeding ticket, you get a speeding ticket. Right. You pay right. It. it. You just make it a rational choice. Don't live in fear of, oh, my gosh, I, I'm, the, I'm the first one to get a ticket all the time. Like, no, you probably haven't had one forever. Right, right. So I, I think I've grown up in some of those ways of being a little more logical. Okay. Of, uh, okay. of taking risk. And I do enjoy sometimes just let's just go to this restaurant and see what happens. Mm, so mm. I think on vacation I'm a bit more carefree. Okay. I don't know. What do you? That, that's a good question. Which is, is going to tie into something coming up later on, too. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Where I love are you? That. Well, I guess you kind of said you don't. You're you are risk averse, and typically. I but I'm but I don't want to be right. I'm I'm trying right. to, and I I think, and that's something I think I have learned from games, or I'm trying to learn hmm. from games. You know, and and certainly it's part of a, the faith tradition as well, with you know Matthew twenty five and other traditions. You know, and as mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, I. I, I am, but I don't think that's necessarily who was – that's not the best version of me, right? Mm. I, I don't think it's – I don't think it's ultimately um, – yeah, I, that there's a better version of me if I can learn to take better risks. And I don't mean it from listening to a Daniel therapy session with, mm-hmm. <laughs> with our listeners. Tell but, me about your one. Yeah. It all started when I was a little boy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and so the candles would go out, and it was like <laughs> party. But I love your idea, your that idea, Kevin, of like games being a mirror to us that can teach us about ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's so. That's very insightful. Thank hmm. you. Yeah. Well, that that brings us then, I think, um, to to number three, um, your, which is that, um, kind of in this balance of what is a good risk or what's what's a reckless mm-hmm. risk, games can teach us to to take smart risks, right? And the, you, um, you know, like you said, like you know, speeding without a. Seatbelt. And I'm not advocating speeding, but no, 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 you can't no, no, live no. your life in fear. And... Right, right, right. But, you know, like, and I, I think this really, and the idea of kind of calculating what's a smart risk or a reckless risk brings up the importance of things like logic and math and science and statistics in the life of faith. You know, I think so often there's this, in my mind, an artificial line um, drawn between science and religion, you know, and, and, and science. And and that's a whole other episode for another time. But you know, I I, I'm, I inherit enough of the um, romantic philosophical tendencies of my dad to believe that kind of, kind of in the unity of truth, right? Like if it's true over here, it's true over there. And I I, I kind of feel like that's an artificial distinction. But that's another 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 time. But it does show, I think, the importance of things like logic and math and science mm-hmm. um, in even in a life of faith. You know, because. That's how we calculate and think about whether a risk is safe or whether a risk is is just reckless, reckless and kind of you know uh, foolhardy. Um, a few examples, you know, um, um, Space Base is a great game. It's it's a wonderful game. I, I, we love that game, uh, and um, and it's a game where you roll two dice, and based on the outcome of those dice, you get certain rewards. And in the instruction manual, at least the edition we have of Space Base, there is this bell curve where it shows, you know, how, you know, what number, what sum is most likely, right, from rolling two dice together. And so, you know, uh, I mean, you can figure it out kind of logically, too, but, you know, looking at this at this bell curve um, that um, and also I should say you can get the two dice. Um, you, you can eat take each die individually too, if you want to, and just count that. So that way, you know, that you'll get the most around six and seven, right, of, of your possibilities. And so you know that that's, over the course of a game, you're going to get more sixes and sevens than anything else. And so how can you play toward toward that, even though you're taking a risk, even though you may not get that at any, any good term? Um, and it reminds me of, of a couple other things outside the game world. Um, there... Have you seen this Apple TV, Apple Plus TV series, The Foundation? Or have you read the Isaac Asimov books? I've not read it. I did watch it, uh, I think, up to the last bit. Okay, yeah, yes. yeah. And I've never read the books. But, um, but it's, it's this, it's, you know, it's, so you know already there's this fascinating concept in here about a mathematician who says his algorithms can predict the future, mm-hmm. um, which seems kind of quasi-spiritual. But the point he makes is... Algorithms cannot predict what any one person's ever going to do because human beings are way too unpredictable. But in this future, you know, society is is spread out over many, many planets, right? Many star systems. And so the population of this, I think it's empire, uh, is like in the trillions, you know, like seven or eight trillion people. And um, over the course of, over the, this 
over seven or eight trillion people, math can't predict what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because statistically, over eight trillion people, some patterns are going to uh, mm-hmm. you know evolve. Um, and then the last thing it makes me think of is our, our, my son Elijah gave me a book called um, Algorithms to Live By, and this is one of the things that they also talk about. I guess in mathematical terms, it's called explore versus exploit. Um, and, and I just want to use those as mathematical terms, you know, exploit has negative connotations outside of the mathematical world and and justifiably. So we don't want to exploit things, but in, in terms of mathematics and algorithms, this idea is, you know, do you expend energy to explore and find new opportunities or do you expend energy to use the opportunities you already know? And the example I talk about is kind of what you're saying about the restaurant, Kevin, you know, like, Mm -hmm. You may want to go explore, try new restaurants all the time, but if it's your last night in that city, in your hometown before you leave, you probably want to go to a restaurant that you, that you already know, that, you know, that, that's your favorite restaurant. You know, it's the sense of logically stick with what you know based on that circumstance, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I guess that's another lesson I think the spirit that Pritchard Light Games have to offer is that there is a role for logic, science, math in the life of faith and trying to um, make our risks be um, wise and not reckless. Right. I don't know. Any thoughts on any of that? Or No, absolutely. Life is risk and anything, I mean, it, it, to live is a risk and to, the, the point becomes taking smart risks and, and um, yeah, that's interesting. And exploit versus explore. I was not familiar with that. Yeah, yeah um, taking the smart risk. Um, I was actually watching a cooking thing on YouTube, and the guy was raising the question of whether it makes sense to eat at home or to eat in restaurants. Mm-hmm. And it's more interesting than I would have thought because I always heard, and it's true that if you cook at home, it's cheaper, healthier, better, right, healthier, right. better. But he was kind of raising the issue of if you try to make a certain recipe and you have to buy this spice and you buy it and then never use the rest of it, those sorts of actions are not good for the environment and it's not actually a very efficient, hmm. if that hmm. makes right? So a good cook makes substitutions with what they have. Right, right. Because that would be the most efficient. And restaurants are actually really efficient because they make the same thing and it's measured. So while they may have a lot of waste and throwing things away, they're, they're more efficient at cooking than you are as a home cook. Home cooks are like in a different category. Right. I don't right. know. It just got me to thinking like what is more efficient and what is, is smarter and um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich is very cheap, but he's absolutely right that if you make ambitious meals, they could actually be quite expensive because you've ruined it. Hmm. <laughs> or you bought things and you may have spent three hours sweating this recipe and it wasn't worth the the stress on you. Right, that right. you're going right. to cook for four people this recipe that you don't really know how to make. Like probably been better just to eat out. Yeah, that's a good – that's a really good point. So I, yeah, it, it gets – you start thinking, you know, what is – what is my risk tolerance and and what is the smart bet to make with my time and energy and money? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in any one um, instance, it may or may not pan out. But if you, may approach, out. if you approach every instance that way over the course a of a lifetime decision, or whatever, yes. yeah, yeah. Do I really want to spend all day looking for the cheapest 
gas, petrol in town. Yeah. Because I've known people that use the apps and they'll drive way out of their way to get the cheapest gas. And I guess if that brings them joy, that's a good use of time. But, right, right. But they probably aren't actually saving that much money by the time they drive there. So that would raise the question of the smart investment. But anyway. That's good. Uh, number four. The nice bit of pushing your luck and luck is that it does give others a chance to participate. Uh, so you by taking a risk and doubling your chances, you may save your game. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. sense of if we're playing a game and we're at the table and I might be – so contrast this to a Euro game that's pretty much all strategy and very little luck. That's a type of game, a Euro game. And that – or considering chess, if I'm in trouble, there is no way I can push my luck in chess. Very Euro game, right? It's all strategy. Right. Right. But the nice thing about a push-your-luck game is I have an opportunity to all of a sudden come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there is a spiritual lesson there of creating opportunities where people can still have a good time, uh, still feel like there's something. And, of course, when you have good luck, even though it's nothing you did, it still makes you feel happy. Like, oh, I'm lucky. Right, right, even right. Even though it has no agency to it. Like, there's nothing – I mean, you may think it's your socks, but I don't really believe it was this your lucky, lucky socks or your lucky, lucky snorkel. But it does make you feel happy. I love that. I love that sense yeah. that luck includes others. Yeah, and it makes the game a little more inviting. Yeah, yeah. It gives a, us a... We were talking about Brass Birmingham. I mean, that's just a cool game, but it's very daunting. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at it yeah. and knowing if you make a mistake, right, you're in trouble 20 moves down. Yeah. And there's no push your luck in a game like that. But you're right. It, it does make the, I, 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 or like you said with chess, you know, like that would be a completely different game in chess if you, <laughs> if you knew that you were completely losing. But there's this this chance. There's this chance that you know, at, at, right before they capture your king, you yes. can roll a, a die three times, and if you get yes. three sixes in a row, you win. You know, yes. you know like yes. it, and because then all of a sudden you're not going to be out of the game. You're you're still going to be invested, and you care because it luck includes you, as you said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, some people may not like that because they may have worked really hard. They studied the chess strategy book and they've worked really hard and they played a really good game and suddenly they lose because you rolled three sixes. So I can see the flip side that someone may feel like, hey, wait a minute. I don't feel like I got rewarded here for my – but, of course, that's where you have to know how the game is going to be played. I'm going to play it that way from now on. Are you? I like. I'm going to call it the. Um, the I'm going to call it Taylor's Gambit. Taylor's Gambit. That's that's going to be the six six six. The end demonic. Oh man, demon I, didn't, I didn't mean to get demonic there. Sorry. <laughs> How about three three three? We could do, do three threes oh, the, in a row. No, because you could multiply it times two and still get. You know, you got to <laughs> stick with prime numbers. That's a reference to the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, and there's been a lot of controversy over a particular number, and yeah, people get worked up about it actually i don't right. think people talk about it as much anymore it's no no deal. no you're right you're right yeah number cinco de mayo yeah so our last spiritual lesson you were just talking about how good luck can include people this last lesson is about kind of bad luck 
Um, and, and that is that sometimes luck is just luck. And to kind of explain what, and I appreciate how you helped to put that succinctly for me, Kevin, luck is just luck. And, um, to explain kind of what this means, I want to just kind of describe a moment that happens to me often in, in push your luck games where I know that if I can just, there's one particular card, right? That, that if I draw this card, mm-hmm. everything's going to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I draw it then, and I, and I actually do draw it, it just feels like the universe has smiled on me, right? It yes. just feels like it was meant to be like, oh, someone up there loves me and all, you know, just great. But by the contrast is, um, if there is, if there's one particular card or tile or whatever that I know that if I draw, it'll mess me up, right? Um, like in Quacks and Quedlinburg, if you draw the third um, uh, white disc from the bag mm-hmm. um, and it goes over a certain sum, it blows up everything. And, so, and, and, and if, if I know that there's this one bad thing and if I draw it, it's all going to get messed up and, and then I draw it, then the exact opposite feeling, then it feels as if the universe is out to get me, right? It's like, oh, you know, why can't anything work out I for always me? draw this one. Yeah, it's yeah, always why, on my turn. Someone up there it. hates me. Yeah, you know, and, and it's so easy to, to see intentionality in this randomness, right? Mm-hmm. And in this, in this bad thing that has happened. And, and, and for me, and our listeners might disagree and that's, that's fine. Please let us know. But for me, what that reminds me of is I think there are so often moments in life when something bad will happen and we'll see intentionality in that, some sort of divine intentionality in that. And, and, and okay, I guess I'm just offering my own opinion here. I think this is something in the Christian tradition, churches are so often very guilty of that I don't agree with, which is something bad happens and we'll say, well, see, that's God's judgment, right? God caused this to punish you or to punish that person over there. And, and especially when it happens to you, it, it, that, it's so hard for a lot of people to shake that feeling, right? That this, I must have done something wrong. There must be something wrong with me. I've got this big source of shame or guilt in my life and, 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 I'm getting what I deserve by having this bad thing happen to me in, in life. And I think the message that sometimes bad luck is just bad luck is kind of liberating, right? That, that some, uh, again, you, you know, our listeners could totally disagree with me and please say so. And you too, Kevin, but you know, I think, um, I, I don't, the, the God that I know uh, or that I'm trying to know, you know, doesn't cause bad things to punish people, right? And that that's not how God operates. Um, and, you know, of course, there are these things about, you know, if we make foolish choices, we have to face the repercussions of them, just consequences, maybe what Hinduism sometimes refer to as karma, you know, but this, this sense that there are consequences to foolish decisions. But that's different, right, than, than saying that there's God up here in heaven who is intentionally introducing bad things to punish right, right. me or take away from it. And I think, and I think reminding ourselves that sometimes bad things just happen and God didn't cause them can ultimately be liberating and kind of give us a, a grander vision of God too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, those, that's one thought I had. How about Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely questions? right. It, it comes down to like partly your own beliefs about God, your theology of how much randomness does God allow in the universe. Right. So does God 
allow for randomness? Does God use randomness? Can God use everything to a greater good, as as the the Christian Bible speaks to at times? But then, how far can you push that? And are some things just bad because they're bad? Right. It's just right. bad luck. It's just random. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's a question of how much control. You know, does God play dice with the universe? Is kind of right. the question. Right. Not not right. so much with physics although i guess that is the right that's is einstein's quote about what is it called the small stuff oh yeah quantum mechanics right i think right. that was einstein's complaint about quantum quantum mechanics and science is still kind of trying to figure out how that works like how much random so so back to your point about the sciences and religion there there's a both of them are questioning how much randomness there is in the universe right right and yeah. uh so we could put it in a religious setting of how how much luck does does god play dice with the universe in the sense that god allows random events to happen in the world yeah or god made the world so that there is a certain randomness to yeah it. yeah which ultimately is kind of this i guess probably one of the one of the big questions of faith mm-hmm. in any tradition in all traditions you know and, and that's something probably each of us spends a whole lifetime trying to figure out and yeah especially maybe. when misfortune strikes yeah 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 that's right so i'm gonna let me add a bonus one because you inspired me great me add great a bonus one bonus that, um, bonus bonus spiritual lesson yeah plus one and that's that push your luck games also build community in the sense that just now when we were playing my lame game here um I was genuinely excited to see what number you got. Like it, it builds that tension. And when you yeah, said about the quacks yeah. of Quedlinburg, it, it is fun. Like what's he going to get? And yeah. everyone is invested in it and they yeah. may or may not want you to draw it because they may or may not have a, you know, maybe an opportunity to win or not, but it, it is interesting. Everyone's sort of tensely waiting for the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. To play. Uh, I, did we mention I've having a, Deja vu here, but in the recent, I think we did the Stranger Things. There's a great yeah, current yeah. episode. There's a great bit where we, they, she's got to roll a, a twenty on the yep. dice, and she rolls it, and he just says, "This is why we play." Right, right. Like it yeah, was just yeah. electric, and so push your luck really makes it. I don't know. Like the whole table tenses up. That is great. That's so a great. No, no, you inspired me. It was it was you. No, no, it's all you, man. It's all you. But I, I love it. That's every that's word a, I said. You had said before. I just stitched them together. In different order. <laughs> I'm just a seamstress. What is a male seamstress? A seamster? I, I, I'm just I don't a seam. Know. Seam I don't know. engineer. Seamstress. Maybe you could just be seamstress. Can you? Yeah, let's say seam. Yeah, because no, stress seamstress. is always female, like mis- mistress, laundress, launderer. I have to look up the Oxford English Dictionary now. Anyway, well, I like it. I, I like. You're right. It's like it almost. I just stitched it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that. Um, whatever the biological term for it is, but but there's this there's a sense I think that these uh, these chemicals all fire together in all of us around the table at the same time. You know, of, mm-hmm. of exhilaration or whatever. And yeah, there's there's this. This community bonding moment in that. That's great. I love that. Yeah. And even when you lose, they're like, oh, bad luck, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, even that yeah. can be a little community versus – or like they're happy for you because they know it was a one in a 
20 roll and and you're like, oh, good for you. That was right, awesome. Right, right. And, and less so than if we're all playing a game, which I love, but like the more Euro games, um, and for those of us who are familiar with it, basically means, you know, you're kind of more just focused on your own board, your own pieces. Mm-hmm. And and what you do or don't do really doesn't re- interact with other people very much. Yes. Yes, yeah. you're right. Euro, that's a complaint about Euro games is you end up sort of doing your own thing and, and little interaction. Um there aren't those yeah. flashes of, of, um, of victory or, or awesome luck or bad luck that will unite a table in a push-your-luck game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Unite That's the cool. table. That's cool. Ooh. Unite the table. I like that one. <laughs> well, next week, next week, or next episode. Yeah. Next episode. Next, next episode. episode. First off, we're excited because we are rounding a milestone. Yeah. And here we are defining a mile, not by yards. No. But by listeners. Listeners. Downloads. Downloads. And is this in the metric system? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I think it's base nine. Base, base nine. nine metric. And what is the the uh, They use the that milestone. province of Canada, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That's base right. nine metric. So what is this milestone that this we are milestone, approaching? This milestone, a mile for us, is comprised of 1,000 downloads. Yes. Woohoo! Where's my clap? <laughs> Thank you, Riverside FM, for that sound <laughs> Yes, 1,000 downloads. So let's keep uh, – we appreciate everyone listening, and we want to encourage you to spread the good word and give us some ratings on – Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, yeah, share what we're doing because we're having a great time and we want yeah. to bring more people to the conversation. Yeah, we, we really appreciate all the feedback. Um, yeah, like Kevin said, um, please, we love to hear from you on Instagram, and um, which is our primary probably social media, but we're also on Facebook and, and, um, and Twitter. And, and like Kevin said, if you want to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, that, that'd be much appreciated as well. Um, we, um, we also have a Patreon account if you want to support the, um, the help defray some of the costs of the podcast, the light, the the fees and things like that. Um, and, um, um, and then we have this discord server where we've got a channel for every episode and you can discuss this episode and, and, or answer questions that we're putting out. So discord is free. It's very cool. Um, yep, yep. If you're not on it, check it out. A lot of board game publishers are on it, so you can actually interact. So it's yep, neat. check yep. out Discord. Join us. If, if you visit we'll the, link the link tree, below. yep, yep, on any, just check us out and you'll find the link to it wherever you go. Um, I have one here on the back of my shirt. You can, if there's a link, there's a QR code right here. Yeah, that's, you just, uh, it's, if you'll just, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to touch the screen. <laughs> there we go. I got it. <laughs> there, I got yeah, it. You got it. It's good. We're, it's we're, good. we're going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so please, we, we love, we just want to, we love hearing from you. And, and thank you so much for the feedback. They, it means the world to us. That's right. That's right. And next week, liminal space. Liminal space, or sometimes called the magic circle, right? Yes. Yeah, liminal means just like on the edges, right? Or yeah, boundaries. Or, yeah, like the boundaries between two realms. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, we're going to talk about uh, games as as the magic circle or as liminal space next 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 episode. World creation. World creation. So I'm excited because I had never heard of this till you started talking about it. And now I'm been thinking about it. 
Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to that and thankful to everyone. And um, yeah, call to action. Be aw- yeah. Here's your call to action, folks. Be awesome. Play Be game. awesome. Yeah, you Play a game. Are... Win a game. Lose a game. Be awesome. That's right. That's right. That's right. We appreciate you all. Thank you all so much. And Kevin, thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. All right. Goodbye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, you left.